Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, we've been going through the gospel and... We've been recognizing from the gospel that Jesus has been talking about the kingdom and what it is for a person who's a part of the kingdom, how they should be responding to life and how, where their focus needs to be. And as we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, especially, we've seen heart issues. We've seen how our focus should be. And then here, as we get into chapter six, we've seen some right attitudes that we need to do. Last week when we were looking in chapter 6, he was talking about the issue of our confidence in the issue of the area of worrying. Remember, we only went through a few verses, and it's such a big topic that affects every one of us. Jesus has more to share about the issue of worrying, because let's be honest, folks, we worry, don't we? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, if, if we're honest with ourselves, can you think of a day this week that you didn't worry about something? I mean, we worry about little stuff like, am I going to find a parking place at Walmart that I don't have to walk forever to get to where I need to go? I mean, we worry about, I mean, we even pray about that. God, give me a parking place. Seriously? I mean, we, we worry about stuff, don't we? You know, some of you last night were worried when you looked out the window and you saw the ground was snow covered. Oh, God, what am I going to do? You're going to survive. You've been through one winter, you'll get through another one. We worry about stuff all the time. It consumes us. It eats our lunch. We're thinking about it. We dream about it. We talk about it. It affects our moods. Have you noticed that? When you worry about stuff, you're not the happiest, friendliest person around, are you? And, 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 and people know, oh, it's that, we, we, something's going on. We better stay away from them because it affects us. So Jesus understands that, and Jesus comes along, and he talks to us about worrying. And so that's what we're going to talk again. We're going to continue on. You know, last week we talked about confidence in worrying, that you and I need to be confident. Today we're going to talk about trust, because that's really what the issue is. Can I be honest with you? When we talk about worrying, the issue is trust. What do you mean, George? Well, the issue is, is who are you trusting in? Well, that's why I'm worrying, because I can't trust myself, or I can't trust this dude or gal to make it happen. Yeah, that, that's the problem. The problem is, is where we put our trust. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And you and I need to put our trust in who? God. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to put our trust in God. And that's what he's going to be talking about today in this passage. He's going to talk about that we need to stop worrying and that we need to put our faith in the God who cares for us. Because really, I'm going to be honest with you, the issue is, are you ready for me? When we talk about talk about worrying, the issue is trust, and the other word for it is faith. Do we really believe God to be able to do it? Now, here's the problem. I struggle with it, you struggle with it. And this is why we worry. Every single one of us want to be in control of everything that goes on in our lives. Are you willing to admit that? 
And why we worry is because we're no longer in control. So all of you here, are you ready for this, are control freaks. Just go ahead and tell your neighbor. Just look to him right now. You're a control freak. They may not like that. In fact, they, oh, no, I'm not. It's so-and-so. He's a control freak. No, no, some people are, but here's the reality. They're the extreme cases of it. But every one of you here, listen to me, are a control freak. Admit it. And when you're not in control, you don't like it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't like it. But the problem is, can I be honest with you? We're never in control. We're never in control. So how do we deal with the worry? So let's look at what Jesus says here. We're going to look at verses 28 through 32 from the Sermon on the Mount. And we're just going to take this apart today and see what's going on here. Look, here's the thing. Look with me. Verse 28. Here's what Jesus says. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this, these few verses, and we're going to really divide them into three sections here. We're going to talk about the bigger issue. There's a bigger issue going on here when we talk about worrying. Okay, we're going to see what Jesus says about that. Then we're going to talk about the question of priorities. Really, when you talk about the issue of worrying, it's about where your priorities are at. So we're going to talk about the question of priorities. And then, as with all of the issues of these right attitudes, we're going to come to a truth principle. A truth principle that you and I need to embrace so that we can have a right attitude. So let's look, first of all, at the bigger issue. Look with me at verse 28 and 29. So why do you worry about clothing? Here's the first thing I want you to see. Jesus questions being consumed with our daily needs. Here's what Jesus is saying. Here he's looking at the issue of clothing. Now, for us, that's not a big deal, but in their day, it was a big deal. First of all, most people in that day didn't have Walmart to go to or J.C. Penney's, didn't have a huge wardrobe. What they had was the clothes on their back. And stuff wears out, does it not? And sometimes, especially if you're in their condition, a poor condition, You're going to worry about where's my next coat coming from? Where's my next pair of trousers or or my next whatever I'm wearing? And so they're consumed about the daily needs in their life. Jesus comes along and says this. Why in the world are you spending all your time worrying about that? Why are you spending consumed with those issues? Well, don't you understand, George? If I don't have somebody solving this problem, if I don't get this money in here, if I don't get that job, how am I going to make it? Isn't that the kind of things we say? Jesus comes along and he says, look, why are you spending all your time consumed about it? What's it doing for you? 
Did you understand what I'm saying? What's it doing for you? You know, you, you're, you're at work and you're anticipating the raise. By the time they gave me a raise, and you didn't get it, and you spent all your time worrying about it. How many other raises didn't you get and you made it through it, huh? How much time are you spending? Jesus is saying to you, why are you so consumed with this? Is it adding any good thing to your life? Think about that for a moment. Think about the Some of you right now, you are so consumed. Is it adding anything good to your life right now? Is it? Chances are it isn't. Because it's making everybody else around you miserable. And you're miserable. Jesus questions being consumed with our daily needs. Here's the other thing. Look, look with me again. Verse 28. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. What's going on here? Worry exposes the reality that we lack faith in God. Worry exposes the reality that we lack faith in God. Let me just stop for a moment. I'm going to make some statements here. Let's have a vote with your hands. How many believe that God cares for you? Raise your hand. Okay. How many believe that God will take care of you? All right. How many of you believe that God will provide for your needs? Okay. All right, let us just ask you this question. Why in the world are you worrying? You just said he cares for you, he'll watch over you, and he'll provide for your needs. Why are you worrying? Why are you so consumed? Why is it eating your lunch? Why can't you sleep? Why are you a grump? And some of you are grumps. I know that because I'm a grump. Why? Why are you? Here's what it's revealing. Are you listening to me? Is what Jesus is saying. It's revealing that we don't have any faith in our God. We don't trust him to take care of us. Yeah, I believe he'll take care of me, but, we got the big but going there, but, but this, but that. Really? The one who created the universe by speaking everything into existence can't take care of your problem? Can't get you through it? Can't provide for you? Worry exposes the reality that we lack faith in God. Let's continue on there. Look with me at verse 30. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he much more clothe you, O you of little faith? What's he saying here? Look with me. Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we Where? Here's what again. Once again, Jesus tells us not to be consumed with our daily needs. Back then, the basic needs in their life is eating, drinking, having good water. You remember, they lived in, they lived in a desert climate and having clothes on their back. Don't worry about that stuff. Think about the basic needs that we have here. Being able to make rent or the house payment. Being able to pay the bills putting food on the table, having clothes, having gas in the vehicle. Do you understand? He'll take care of you. Why do you spend all your time worrying about that? Why? Jesus, again, once again, he's telling us not to be consumed with our daily needs. And here's ultimately the reason why. Look at verse 32. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Verse 31 says, what shall we drink or what shall we wear? But look, verse 32, after, after all these things that Gentiles seek, 
For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Here's what's going. Worry is fitting for unbelievers, whereas you should trust God. Worry is fitting. When it talks about Gentiles here, it's talking about unbelievers. That's what unbelievers do. They worry about stuff. But you say you know God. And it's not fitting for you to be worrying because if you say you know God, here's the thing. God already knows what your needs are. Do you understand what I'm saying? God knows what your needs are. So trust him. All right, so here, listen, I want you to think about it for a moment. All right, think about it for a moment. What's the need in your life right now that you're worrying about? What's, what has your lunch? What's affecting you? What's consuming you? What are you worried about? Think about it for a moment. You, you don't need to sit there and say, oh, do I have a worry? Trust me, you're, if you've got a spouse, they'll tell you, you're worried about this. Think about it for a moment of the need that you have in your life that's consuming you. All right, now listen to me. Does God know about your need? Does he? See a lot of heads shaking. Does he? Yeah. If you need more coffee, it's in the back, okay? Does he know about your need? Now listen to me. Do you think he can handle it? Why are you worrying? You're acting like an unbeliever who doesn't know him. That's what Jesus' point is getting to here. See, there's a bigger issue. The bigger issue with your worrying, are you listening to me? The bigger issue with your worrying is whether or not you trust God. That's what the bigger issue is. The bigger issue, this is what he's getting to here, the bigger issue is whether or not you and I trust God. Bottom line. Well, wait a minute now, George. Yeah, okay, but you don't understand. You don't know this is the situation at work or this is the situation at home. And if I don't have this, then this is going to happen and this this will happen. And then and, and after all that stuff happens, this happens over here. And, and you just don't understand. I don't need to understand. What I need to understand is, is do you know the God who is in charge of the universe who said he would take care of you? Do you trust him or not? And listen, God doesn't need your 10-step plan to get out of your problem to figure it out. Isn't that what we do? Here, God, I need you to do this, and then if you do this, and if this person turns to the left this way and, and, and smiles at this right time, then maybe, maybe I'll get through this problem. Seriously? Are we going to instruct God how to help you with your stuff? The issue is whether or not you trust him. Now, here's why we don't trust him. Are you ready for this? Because we're control freaks. And we don't like giving up control. Did you hear me? The reason we don't trust him is because we're control freaks. And it's pretty scary about giving up control. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like the first time your kids used the car after they got the license and you finally let them go on their own. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know how you're feeling? Are they going to make it through town without scratching it? Are they going to call me and tell me they've had an accident? Every parent here knows what I'm talking about. Why? Because we're control freaks. Our kids know it. Isn't that right, kids? We're control freaks. Yeah. We don't trust him. Bigger issue is, is our faith. Here's what he goes on. He says, we got to set our priorities right. Look with me, verse 33. 
Because right in the midst of this issue of worrying, he puts verse 33. It almost doesn't make sense. But it's going to make sense if you understand what he's talking about here. Look with me at verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Remember I told you, he already is aware of what's going on in your life. He's already aware of what your needs are. But it's an issue of your priorities. You've got to reset your priorities. Notice a couple things here. Here's what he's saying. A follower of Jesus must prioritize the things of God. You've got to put God first. What he wants. See, but that's only going to happen if you start trusting him. See, if you're a control freak and you want to be in control and you don't have any trust in him, talking about prioritizing God first isn't going to make any sense. Because what he's telling you to do here is, is don't worry about your stuff. I'm already aware of everything. You prioritize me in your life. Now, here's the thing. Can I be honest with you? Some of us, when I say that immediately, you've got this concept in your mind that what it means is, is I'm supposed to walk around all day long with my Bible, bring it to work and and act like a preacher or something. Now, listen, I want you to wipe all that stuff out of your mind. I am not talking about putting God first and acting like that. First of all, you're not going to find that anywhere in the Bible that's telling you to act that way. When it talks about putting God first, it's talking about where your faith is and where your trust is in the day-to-day lives of where you live and work, period. When you get the unexpected bill, and don't we get unexpected bills, folks, right? Doesn't stuff happen to our cars that all of a sudden you got to figure out where I'm going to pay for that? You go get it inspected, you think you're okay, and the guy says, your tires need to be replaced. Whoa, what? Yeah, they're bald. I never noticed that. Now you're noticing the bill. It's not his fault. See, here's the thing. You're aware... So how do you respond in that? That's the issue. You put God first in the everyday areas of your life. That's what he's talking about here. He's not talking about how how much volunteering you do at church, how much you give. He's not talking about any of that. He's talking about the priority of your life, that you're seeking after God first. That's the reality. A follower of Jesus must prioritize the things of God. Here's what else he says here. Listen. Having right priorities brings trust in God's care. Having right priorities brings trust in God's care. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you've got your priorities straight, when you're seeking after God first, and you know that he's going to take care of you, you're going to put your trust there. You're going to say things like this. Lord, you know I need four new tires on the vehicle. I don't know where I'm going to get that right now. I've got this bill. Heating's coming. Things, it's like it's all coming together. It's like the perfect storm of calamity in my life. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, Lord, but you know what? You'll get me through this. And I'm going to trust you. Why? Because you're putting him first. You're recognizing that I'm not in control, God. You are. See, that's, 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 that's the priority thing that's got to go on there. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Why are we worrying? I'll tell you why we're worrying, because we're control freaks. And we're not trusting God. See, okay, George, well, how do I, how do I change that thinking? How do I get out of this rut that I'm in? Because let's be honest, folks, it's a rut. 
If you notice, you get into the rut. And you respond the same way to everything that comes your way. Have you noticed that stuff keeps coming in waves? You get through one thing, you've got enough time to breathe before, and maybe not even enough time to breathe, and something else happens. How do we change our thinking? Well, here's the truth principle. Look at me at verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Here's what a truth principle is. Number one, right attitudes are founded on truth principles. If I'm going to have the right attitude, where I'm going to no longer be the control freak about the stuff that's going on in my life, I've got to have an attitude, listen to me, I've got to have an attitude that's based on a truth principle. I've got to change the way that I look at things and think about things. So here's the truth principle Jesus gives us. There's plenty for today without adding tomorrow's burdens as well. Isn't that true? Sufficient for today is the stuff that goes on today. Why do I need to think and worry about stuff that goes on tomorrow? Because here's the thing. I'm worrying about it because I'm a control freak. Are, are you like me? Here's what I do. I, I'm, I'm one of these. I'm so analytical. It, it's, it's, I need slapped. I'll just be flat out honest with you. I, I have problems where I'm like, what are we going to do with this? So I'm thinking about 50,000 possibilities of what could go wrong outside of what's going on today. And I'm developing scenarios in my mind of this could happen and this could happen and this person could do this and this person, and it's like, no wonder I'm not sleeping. Did you know what I'm saying? You're laughing at me, but you do the same thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're not just dealing with today's stuff. You're thinking about a year from now. Here's the truth principle Jesus wants you to understand. You just have enough to get through today. Just get through today. Get through the day with me. Don't add to it tomorrow. There'll be plenty of time tomorrow to worry about, to worry about tomorrow's stuff. We've got to stop being control freaks. We've got to start believing in the God who's in control. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, okay, here's some questions for you. Here's some questions I want you to think about. <clears throat> Number one, what consumes your attention? What consumes your attention? What, where, where, what's, what's got your lunch? What are you worrying about? Did you understand what I'm saying? Is it some consequences of some behavior? Or is it, is it bills? Or is it relationships? What, what's consuming you right now? You gotta ask yourself. And here's the thing, you don't need to spend time on that because you already know it. You already know it, okay? But you need to identify it. Lord, right now, here's what you got to do in your mind. Lord, right now, I am worrying about this. I'm being a control freak about this, and the reality is, is I can't control it. That's what I'm consumed with. You need to say those things to yourself right now. Lord, I am a control freak about this. 
That's the first question. What consumes your attention? Here's the second one. What does that say about your faith in God? Okay, now some of you say, well, you know, George, I believe in Jesus. I trust in Jesus. I know Jesus will take care of me. Okay, I understand all that. Wonderful. But where's the practicality of that? Because you can know it here and not know it here. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can know it in your mind, but when it comes to the day-to-day, rubber meets the road, living in this world, you're a control freak. And you don't trust him. How do you know that, George? Well, think about that. The last time you told maybe your spouse to take care of something or maybe some family member to take care of something and you didn't trust them, even though you told them to do it, you still ended up doing it because you didn't trust them to do it right. Right? That's a control freak. And they called you a control freak and you didn't like that. What does it say about your faith in God? That's the bottom line. Now, here's the thing. Every one of us here should be able to say this. You might have to swallow your fried to do it. But every one of us here should be able to say to him, you know, Lord, it's like the, like the, like the, the parent who came to Jesus to, whose daughter was dying and Jesus got delayed and, and Jesus said to him, it'll be okay. Your daughter will be okay. Increase my faith, Lord. Everybody, every one of us here should be able to admit, I struggle, Lord, I'm a control freak. Help my faith. Help my faith. Now, if you can't do that, then you've got a pride problem. You're not willing to give up. You're not willing to give up control. You've got to be able to come to the place of saying to him, Lord, my, my faith is weak. I need you to help me. So what do we do? Here's the action point. Here's what we got to do. And it's a, it's a prayer point, really. The action point is always a prayer point. Ask the Spirit to help you to put your trust in God in spite of what you face. Do you mean I might face something that I really don't believe God can help me through? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. You're going to be tested that way. Are you going to trust him in spite of it? Did you understand what I'm saying? Are you going to trust him in spite of it? In fact, here, here's, the, here's the illustration that just popped in my mind. Remember Peter and the boys when they're in the boat? They're, all, they're by themselves and a big storm comes up and they look out across the, across the, the, the lake, Sea of Galilee there, across the big lake, and they see Jesus coming walking on the water. And they're like, oh, it must be a ghost. And, and then the Lord, it's me. And Peter, now, we need to be like Peter. Can I come out to you, Jesus? Now, how many of you have walked on water? Seriously? But he did. Why? Because his eyes were on who? But as soon as he got distracted by what? The stuff going on around him? What did he begin to do? Oh, help! I'm sinking! Listen, folks, you've got to trust him in spite of what you face, even if it seems like there's no way he could do it. Who are you talking about? God, he can do anything, can't he? 
That's the point Jesus is making here. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.